There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip. You won't be Sorry, go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Still streaming. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Online at 98kupd.com. Remember, Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. Look at me. You're lower than a bastard. It's Toledo Day. I don't know why I like that so much, but I do. Emails about people. Everybody's having their issues this year with the rats, evidently. My buddy Jim Wilson just texted over. He goes, found this little bugger in the bottom of my pool. Sent me a picture of this little tiny, it's the exact same thing I got. Big, long rat tail. And he said, I did the same thing somehow or another. I saw him scurry, grabbed a broom. It's we're, it's mammy training. It's, it's Jimmy Two-Shoes. It's all because everybody, everybody our age Grew up with Tom and Jerry, and that's how we knew how to get rid of rodents in the house. You scream, dance in place, and sweep. <laughs> that was all I did yesterday. It was terrible. Rats and bats. Yeah. That's right. Doug Hopkins sent me a picture. His uh, daughter's car was parked at the side of the house for a month while she was uh, off doing uh, her thing. Opened up the hood. Nests. Loads of them. And then Doug has, by the way, Doug has said, this is something the city of Phoenix and uh, all of Arizona needs to know. Uh, TV's Doug Hopkins has an irrational fear of rats. Uh, one of his friends played a little joke on him once with a rat, and uh, Doug has a pacemaker now. Let's just put it that way. It's, uh, it was it screwed him up. Nobody knew it was like not just a oh I hate those. It was a full out jump out the window freak out, which is hilarious. He texts me, he goes, "You know I'm never coming to your house again." I'm like, "Well then, TV's Doug Hopkins. The plan worked." <laughs> That's yeah, nuts. Uh, Dave Eggleston emailed and said, "I was high. I was. Uh, I stepped on a baby bunny last year mowing the grass. It was hiding in the grass with its siblings. I was mowing. I stepped back, uh, crushed it. My wife and daughter saw something was up. They came out, started crying. I told my daughter, go get Paws Hammer. We got to take care of this.' <laughs> they screamed and told me no, but I had to do it. My brother did that with a lawnmower." Ran over a nest of oh. rat. Didn't know they were there. Little bunnies. Uh, T- Tamara says, does Tactical Black have any fighting for rats? Yes. Hop up on the top of the couch, scream at the top of your lungs, and sweep. <laughs> That's it. Proper broom techniques. Yeah, you got to have good broom techniques. Thomas, we got <laughs> us a rat problem. 
It's watch, red up in here. Watch some curling. Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's true. Left, left, and then uh, Kevin Leach said this, and this is funny to me because Kevin said, uh, maybe the rat was just trying to fix you dinner like in Ratatouille. Megan brought that up like four times. What if he's just here to make us dinner? I'm like, all right, it wasn't real. Like an hour later, like she hadn't said it. Maybe he just wanted to make us some soup. I'm like, okay, the Ratatouille gag is over. Can we <laughs> sitting there watching Better Call Saul at the end of the NCAA game? I hope he wasn't here just to make us dinner. Are, are you going to run with this theme? Because it wasn't funny the first time. Have you seen Ratatouille? Yes. It's not. You know, it's Pixar. But they made him so cute. That's one thing Disney did and TV did. If Bruno Mars smoking makes kids, uh, you know, have to smoke. I don't think rats can cook. It made women think rats can cook. And they're, all animals are like, you know, in it to help us out. Walk up to lions or bears. It's just a bear. No, it's going to eat you, dumbass. Run. You an idiot. That game last night was pretty good. Uh, I left at uh, halftime at the 15-point lead yep. thinking Kansas has blown it. I'm going to go do something else. And I went in and did a Caroline Gervan workout. She's an Irish woman that will destroy you. The worst thing about Caroline Gervan is how beautiful she is. How built she Look her up. She's gorgeous. And uh, she does these videos, but she's angrily gorgeous. Like, she's so, like, fit. She looks like a little action figure. She's got this Irish accent. And the whole time she says stuff like, okay, we're going to do 40 minutes of this this exercise. And here's what. We're going to go at your own pace. And they're going to have uh, 38. Uh, well, what we're going to do first, we're going to do uh, 45 seconds of each exercise with 10 seconds rest for 45 minutes. And she's like, I'm using these weights, 16 kg for the arms. And uh, 6 kg for the shoulder lifts. I'm like, okay. That's twice the weight I That's use. That's nothing. Oh, it's twice <laughs> the weight I use. And she's doing it a hundred times. Uh, this chick is flying through these things. And I'm like, 16 kg is 38 pounds. And she's throwing around like it's nothing for 45 seconds with 10 seconds rest. I can't do that. So there I am with half. I'm using, she's using 16 kg. I'm using 16 pounds. This lady's a crusher. She is an action figure. She is a human action figure. You should see her doing push-ups. It's like the she just floats. It's fairly perfect, like what a human body should look like. It's got that little accent, little Irish accent, which makes you angry. Hi, I'm perfect, and you're not. You're going to try to look like me, and you never will. Okay, let's let's start. And she's. Uh, do you do that through the mirror, or how do you? No, how just do you uh, watch through that? my phone. Oh, through the phone. Okay. Yeah. And I just. Screen mirror it up on TV. The- I don't know what the guy's saying. Look at this. Her push-ups are like she does this forever. Decline push-ups. You got to go to the beginning where she's talking. Or this one just jump right in. I guess someone just. Uh, right. No. Her voice is adorable. But you you want to? <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome day forty-eight in the Epic Game Game. And today we have some push-ups and abs. The timer is going to be on for majority well, of the workouts. You have abs. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> Most of the people doing this don't. Work, 30 second rest. So it is going to be supersets. Pretty much every single superset. She's so happy doing it. I'll use 16 kg to do uh, 7 million of these. And it's like, oh, okay. And then I'll try that. Looked like that. I'd be. Oh, me too. Around. I'd be on TV all the time. Well, I, I found her trying to masturbate. I was Not her trying to masturbate. I was trying to can. find some we new stuff. We have 30 in. seconds of standard Ooh. tricep push-ups. Before we have oh, yeah, the tricep push-ups, rest. she'll just hold we those for a minute. For like, I hate her. Where there will be no specific rest. Evil bitch. I uh, can't stand this woman. But So I was doing a little Caroline Garavan workout. Highly recommended around the house. Don't need much more than a mat and a couple of dumbbells. 
that you can lift 7 to 12 million times. She, she lifts everything. She's amazing. So I'm watching that. Uh, I leave. There's a 15-point lead on TV. I'm like, this is done. So I'm going to go watch Caroline in her tights and uh, do a little leg thing. And then went back out there, and Kansas was leading. And they showed the Kansas the like field house. Quickly. In the, yeah, in the, I don't know. I don't know how turned, fast it happened. It turn was it the, around in eight minutes just about. End of the game. They're showing the Kansas Fieldhouse. They're all dancing and singing. I'm like, is it over? Four seconds left. And then that dummy almost Chris Webbered. The only other play I saw, yeah, this guy steps out of bounds with, oh, On my the God. pass. With a three-point lead. It was like, oh, what in the world? This could go. But it didn't go haywire. That would have been – we'd never. I don't know that kid's name who stepped out of bounds. And you wouldn't uh, unless North Carolina hit that shot. If North Carolina tied that game, that kid would be Chris Weber. His and name win it. Synonymous. What well, would have tied it? I know, but I'm saying that goes into overtime, they win it. Yeah, he would have been known forever yep. as the idiot who stepped out of bounds. He would, he would have Bartman did. We almost had a moment in sports history for the other GOAT, not the greatest of all time GOAT, but the dummy GOAT, the Bartman, the Buckner, the Leon Durham. This kid stepped up, Chris Weber. The kid steps out of bounds. And I'm like, oh, just your life is about to end. You better hope and pray that Puff Johnson doesn't go out there and bomb a three and make this thing happen, and he didn't. And I think Puff Johnson is Cam Johnson. I don't think there's, I don't think they're brothers. I think they're actually the same guy. Sons, Cam Johnson, and his brother plays for North Carolina. They are oddly identical for not being twins. It's creepy. But, uh, yeah, so Kansas is the champion. And uh, to that I say, f*** you, Kansas. Who cares? Kansas City and Kansas. You guys are winning too much. Kansas City Jayhawks. Yeah, I know. That's what the guy called them. Everybody's making a big deal about that poor dude saying Kansas City Jayhawks. Kansas City's a place. He slipped. He said Kansas City. Big whoop. They were like, oh, you're the old year to get this speech right. He said city after Kansas. That's a common thing. They're the Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, they're not even in Kansas City. Who cared? Nobody knows where anything is in Kansas because we all have the decency not to be there. It's a <laughs> flyover state for a reason. Kansas. You got good barbecue. Yeah, you know what? So does everybody else. I'm driving right through it. It's a really nice little town. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It's Kansas City. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. There's It's zero destination. You know what people never say in Europe? We should uh, travel to the United States. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Kansas City. <laughs> Never happens. Not a destination. There's no international flights in stop. So good for you, Kansas. And all you Chief fans have been, you know, on the cusp of a championship for the last five years. Now you got yourself a basketball team. The Royals won one about six years ago. Yeah. That's enough Kansas for a decade, I think. Not carry on my wayward son, Kansas. The other Kansas. The real place. Yeah. I don't like when... Uh, when dumps win. I like when nice places win. I like when destinations win. It's, I don't want to hear one shining moment and see the skyline of Kansas City. Blech. You would have rather had Chapel, Chapel Hill? Yeah, at least it's pretty rolling hills. It's a small college town. It's got a nice thing. It's not Kansas. Anything but Kansas City. There's a reason none of us live there. There's a reason why a lot of people listen and go, like, hey, I'm from Kansas City. Right, you left. Yeah, Trust exactly. me. You, somebody did you a favor when you were younger and got you the hell out of there. But congrats to the uh, the glorious Kansas Jayhawks. My friend Dorsey's at Kansas. He's a oh, he's Kansas going nuts. He, was, uh, he loves that. He probably didn't sleep last night. You don't think? He's probably trying to turn a car over by himself because he's so jacked up <laughs> right, now. Right. He's in Texas flipping cars for Kansas. Eating about a, two pounds of supplements a yeah, day. I don't know. Is, uh, is it worth celebrating other people's kids winning something <laughs> that much? That's what I don't know. We've got college and stuff. People who cheer for colleges they didn't go to, like getting excited 
about other people's kids winning? It's definitely more fun at the college level. Yeah. Like last night, if you were on the campus. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and that's – I saw the girls that were in Kansas – celebrating and their faces were like i can't believe this is happening like you've been cheering for them for like a year and a half you don't have like an emotional tie you just know you're gonna get some good d tonight that's what's happening you're gonna get drunk on spiced rum because that's what college girls do they go out get drunk on a monday night and uh take some strange d just because everybody's happy which is great now i'm sure the university of kansas campus has a boatload a stack a phone book size stack of complaints for date rapes and uh, you know, roofing and inappropriate touches and assault. Because that's all that was last night. That place was packed full of college kids jumping up and down celebrating drunk. The touching, the the Brett at Big Surf moments last night were incredible. The fingers were a-flying in Kansas. You just send the complaints. You, you just send them to the team doctor, and he'll take care of everything. <laughs> that's right, just like at Additional Michigan State. Touching. Michigan State was always great about that. Oh, we've got a team doctor for you. He'll help you with the touching. But yeah, congratulations to Kansas Jayhawks and all the uh, – my buddy Jordan. I'm sure he's flipped. I haven't seen him for a while. You know Jordan, Dr. Jordan. Oh, yeah. Big Kansas fan. Oh, is he? Yeah. I did like him. That's a low bar for life. I'm a big Kansas fan. Oh. Yeah. You cheer for Kansas, eh? That sounds miserable. It's awful. Uh, and then this one's solid. I like this. Scoop Seller sent it to you, Brady, but I was talking about this. Uh, the uh, – Guy on Southwest Airlines that from Seattle to Phoenix decided to, while he's sitting next to a lady on the plane, whip it out. Start to go at it a little bit. Put it back. Talk to her for a second. Whips it out again. How you doing? Take a look at the beast. And the the thing that I know that, uh, and this is going to make Kara mad, is that this was no small John Holmberg moment on the plane whipping it out because uh, his name tells you all you need to know. Antonio Sherrod. Antonio Sherrod uh, McGarity, right? Yeah. yeah. Antonio Sherrod McGarity. So this dude, Antonio McGarity, is pulling out a piece. She was noticing that. He was proud of it. He pulled his pants down, exposed himself, touched himself. Uh, and then he went to sleep. He was pretty comfortable. The flight, <laughs> he was pretty, you know, it didn't go as well as he thought. Well, you know what, I might as well get some shut eye before we land in Phoenix. Well, the lady that was sitting next to him got up and told the stewardess, hey, not for nothing, but that guy I'm sitting next to pulls his giant wang out, starts to jerk it a little bit. He's had his pants off a couple of times. He's asleep now. I'm good. Nothing bad's happened. I'm going to take my seat. But when he gets off the plane, I would appreciate somebody chatting with him. Well, sure enough, federal agents met him as he got off the plane here in Phoenix. And Antonio Sherrod McGarity's like, yeah, I did that. I'm, I admit it. Where's the like, problem? Really? He's like, what's the problem? If you had a piece like mine, you'd be whipping it out too. It's art. And he admitted it completely, and uh, he didn't think what he was doing Made the woman next to him uncomfortable. She didn't show enough discomfort for him to stop. Do you realize it's a catnap? Seattle to Phoenix is about a two, little over two hour flight. It's it's a little more than that, but it's not bad. Four times. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't take long to pull your pants down and whip it out. Nap. Up again. Get get some shut eye. (laughs) Maybe he was just resting his eyes. That's pretty active. Oh, it's moving it about. But I, I got to say that, you know, in a two-hour time span, if I take a two-hour nap, is that him? That's him. That is Patrick Chira- or What's his name? Antonio. That is not what I expected. What I was expecting he looks either. like Anthony no. Bourdain. Yeah. I have to fully admit, Kara, I expected a black guy. <laughs> Anytime that's, I see the word Sherrod. That's, that's Antonio Sherrod? What Italian that's family us. gave their kid a Sherrod as a middle name? That's a black middle name. People are confusing me. How can I stereotype things? 
when you're going to go ahead and give somebody that looks like that the middle name of Sherrod? He busted out four times. Four times. Now, if I take a two-hour nap, there's probably three or four adjustments made in that two hours. Like, because I get excited when I sleep. Sleeping turns me on, evidently, because I always wake up rigid, couch or otherwise. If I have company and I ever fall asleep, look out, because I'm going to poke your eyes out. So I'll, I'll wake up and move it around. But I'm not taking my pants off and then going, look Cabin at this. Cabin pressure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, on a plane? I can't sleep on a plane. I'd rather beat it. But four times Antonio did that, and he thought, evidently, he was doing pretty well with the lady next to him. Because when the officials asked him, like, what were you doing, man? He's like, hey. Uh, she didn't seem too upset by it. It's like, well, she told on you. That's why we're here. Well, I didn't see any signs of that. That's why I kept pulling my dick out. <laughs> she had a routine every 35 minutes. She wanted it. She wanted it, but still. Maybe she did. But don't pull your dick out. That's just a rule, right? I mean, even if a woman really wants you on a plane, just for the sake of the stewardesses, don't pull your dicks out. Keep your <laughs> yeah, dicks in. Yeah, I did it. What are you, writing a yeah. book? And like Brady said, two and a half hours, maybe three hours on the fun in the air, maybe. Uh, if she likes you, she's going to want to see it. Leave a little mystery, you know? Don't throw it all up in there and, and up in the air, so to speak. You know, you want some peanuts? Yeah. Well, these aren't peanuts, are they? No, they're my balls. Oh. <laughs> all right. You, Antonio Sherrod McGarity. My God. So he must have had a big white piece because nobody wants to show their average junk off that much. He was hitting the service button with it. Boom! Yeah. He was Peter North up there. Yeah. In my entire life, even women that have wanted to see my penis, I still cover it up. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm not, I'm not exposing it to the general public. Just like, this is, she thinks she wants to see it, but when she does, it's the ultimate disappointment <laughs> for both of us. Like, her eyes, her facial reaction. When I pull out, it is, it's never been that, uh, it's basically like when you see when you open a, uh, one of those storage sheds and you realize you got a lot of work to do. That's what my exposure of my penis is for a woman. They look at you like, all right, well, in order to make this work, I got a lot to do. They never look at it and go, oh, look at that. Never had in my entire existence anybody look at my wiener and think this is going to be easy. Nah, my, it is a project. So I would never even consider on a plane popping it out ever. Especially with uh, a stranger next to well, him. Like, generally with anybody. But I just, and, and if anybody else looked, you just, the whole, <laughs> the whole plan, like, hey, stop. I was making my moves here. Put your dick back, Sherrod. <laughs> How'd you get a name like that anyway? I was adopted. But yeah, I don't want to, I just don't pull your dicks out. I just, for the sake of us people with normal ones, all you big 10 inchers. Enough already. You're going to get your day in the sun when you get her home, Sherrod. That's going to be the best thing. Revealing it right off the bat. Is it's where he does his, breast ba- uh, his best bragging. Yeah. When he well. has a piece on the, when I'm flying. <laughs> yeah. People like want to see it. I tend to plump up when we're about 10,000 plus once we get out of the shaky air. I want to see it? No. I'm going to pull it out anyway. I, just, I can't <laughs> help it. It's, it's my prized possession. If I had one, 10, 10 or more, I think I might be that guy. Because not having one makes me think, geez. Because I've seen him, that dude that ran up behind me at the Cubs game that had both hands on it and screamed, look out now, as he walked into the bathroom because we had to pee in troughs together. And, of course, Brady's God stuck this dude next to me at a wide-open piss trough. What is that, a leaf blower? <laughs> it was, yeah. It, it wish it was easier to carry around than a leaf blower. At least a leaf blower has you know backpack straps. 
And this one needed a this two. This huh? thing, it it he held the the top of it and the bottom of it and the middle sunk. Look out! Now. <laughs> look out now! And I, I mean, when somebody says that and you're peeing, you automatically look over your shoulder. I saw all of it. He had it out. You jumped like the mouse on the couch. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! It was huge. It's to Where's this the st- broom? Like my brain, my brain has expanded it to to like cartoonish size. But it was so ridiculous that he, you know he had to go, and I know what he was doing. He was pulling out enough to let everybody know nobody in this room's got one of these, and nobody did. And then he stood next to me, and I was probably in my mid twenties, early twenties, and horrible feeling. I just it's, it's like the first time you see a horse's dick, and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> never. Terrible. Damn you, Matumbo. So if I had one of those, I might be. More apt to like. You know what I would do though is I would let it pop out of the top of my pants and let her notice. That would be my game. Like my huge wang would come out of my waistband and I'd maybe lift my shirt up a little over the waistband and just act like I'm reading a magazine. Excuse me, sir. Yes. Your gigantic penis is hanging out. Oh, is that thing coming out of the top of my pants? Oh, Lord. Can't get get back in there, Thomas. There's a (laughs) mushroom coming out of your belt buckle. I don't know what that is, but... Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. It just flies out. Ain't a pair of pants that can corral it. <laughs> I would do that. I would have that going for me. I would never just unzip it and go, want to see this? Like, no. Or just go, well, you're going to anyway. Four times Antonio Sherrod McGarity decided to do that. And I got to hand it to the lady. She didn't punch him. She didn't lose her mind. Uh, we're going to practice this in Tactical Black in their plane. Where uh, we have somebody whipping their dick out, and then we beat them up. In the article, he said, I asked her, and she said, it is what it is. Yeah. So he's like, that's good. Right. She was afraid. <laughs> because that's what I would have said as a man. It you're on Southwest. I mean, Exactly. You're happen. flying a discount airline. There's a chance you're going to see a dick. Can you imagine what would happen on, like, Allegiant or something like that? Oh. <laughs> Spirit Airlines. It's like, hey, why has that guy got no pants on? Oh, it's the no pants section. <laughs> you got to pay extra yeah, to wear pants. Yeah, it's $9 airline. more per seat to have pants. All right, uh, the pilot is uh, stretching the rubber band so we can get this thing going. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, if I had a huge one, I think I'd be more apt to, like, pop it out. But but never like that. It would show up. Oh, uh, like with you. I'd walk into the office in shorts, and i have it hanging out the bottom until you said, All right, come on. Enough. Is that thing out again? I mean, these new styles of shorts, I... I can't help myself. Sometimes it falls out all the way through. Jesus. And it would make you feel like you can't do it. So it's that's the only reason big wangers do that. Always the guys that walked around in high school with their dar- their you know, their danglers banging off each knee with each step. I sat next to uh Mark Bryant yesterday at Hillstone. I went to Hillstone. Mark Bryant is a former uh, power forward slash uh, backup center played played for the Suns for a couple of years, but it was later in his career. He was mostly known to be a Portland Trailblazer, early '90s. Big dude. He's a coach for the Suns. He's basically been brought in to try and make DeAndre Ayton forget about mangoes and weed and start playing the game with a little aggression. That's his job. He's done a decent job. He's got Javale McGee and Bismarck Biombo playing out of their heads with aggression. DeAndre still can't. It's Mark Bryant's job to make him do that. Mark comes strolling in to the Hillstone Bar yesterday. Plops down next to him. Mark is 6'10", 6'9", mountain of a man. He's got one of those voices, you know. How you doing, Joe? 
girl behind the bar. Hi, Mark. How are you? Quite good. I'm quite good. Um, I'm going to have me a beer. Oh, Just God damn. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the guy next to him automatically sees a six foot nine inch black guy. You going to watch a game tonight? <laughs> First thing. <laughs> yeah, what time does that start, man? I think it starts at six or 6.30. You probably played ball. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, but he was there, and I just thought of, and this is a true thought, and uh, what my penis would look like on his body. A horrifying thought. It might cause tears. No, it may, it's, he'd make him a woman. He'd, he'd just, it would be the worst thing in the world that they say, uh, I can't imagine what if you just did a Freaky Friday with our penises. No, I'm okay with the bag. <laughs> yeah, the bag's but. fine. That blends. That's, it's probably going to be like, damn. Quite a bag on this. What's this little dot on top? Does this open up where the dick is? <laughs> That's the dick. It's it's just brutal. But the man is massive. He's a mountain of a human being. And he just, uh, you know, I couldn't, like, the sun was kind of making it so he was more of a silhouette because I'd look and he's in front of a window and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Mark Bryant. And then I heard her say it. And then all I thought about was that's what a real human man is supposed to look. No offense, Brady, but anything below <laughs> his size is a failure. And I'm, you know, and uh, I said to Megan, I'm like, I'm half, I'm half, I'm a child. I'm, I've, I got robbed. I got robbed. Well, at least you're not short. Like I am compared to him. Anything less than what he is as a physical specimen, what are we wasting our time? I mean, you see this person, you're like, my God, six, nine. 265. That's getting it done. I would hang myself if I was anything less than six feet. I don't even know how people survive it. Sorry, Brady, but it's true. We manage. <laughs> yeah, I know. And unfortunately, we have to tolerate Would he, that. You're yeah. speaking for <laughs> all of yeah. yeah, he's to all the other Oompa Loompas out there. <laughs> but honestly, if you could all hang yourself, you'd probably would if it wasn't so frowned upon. You guys have meetings? Every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, under couches and stuff. I have to sweep them out and use the air compressor. Get the rats. Yeah, get them out. But yeah, it was just, it was, all I thought about was, like, that's the reason, like, I would, any anybody at that bar would be like, all right, whose penis do you want to see first? I'm, I'm like eighth on that list. <laughs> There's nobody, like, Mark, or him first. We all want to see that. Every woman would be like, him, and then, like, everybody else, then the, then the chemo guy. Then. Yeah. They got you there. Am I chemo guy? I'm chemo guy. I wonder if that's a, a factor in uh, a transitioning uh, as far as micro penis. Like if you were pain. given one, like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. If you get a micro, I would switch out, would you? That's where I was yeah, just Yeah, if I had a micro penis, I'd go straight girl. Absolutely. I'd go Kim Petrus in a heartbeat. Except for that would be a real shallow one because they just turned you inside out. But you know what I know didn't happen yesterday? Mark Bryant didn't look at me and say, hey, that's a guy from the radio. I wonder what his penis would look like on my body. <laughs> but I did it with him. Because I know for a fact he's got something better than mine. Oh, you're stupid. That's all I heard. I'm like, I wonder what it would look like if we swapped dicks. Oh, God, here we go. Seriously. Is that what you think about? Of course it's what I think about. So when you think about when you saw Sam Cassell that time? When Hello, Scott I saw Sam Cassell. I'm like, I would never want a curse. That, that was a ridiculous wang. I saw Mark Bryant about a month ago at mm-hmm. Hillstone, and he just said to me, Hey, little girl, can I get you a Shirley <laughs> Temple? I'm sorry about, sorry about your cancer diagnosis. You know what? All this puffiness will go away when the kidney medicine wears off. I'm not puffy. You're, you're a little puffy, ma'am. I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. My God. He's confused, too. <laughs> He's a big dude.
It was weird, but uh, yeah. And I don't think he ever once looked around the bar and said, I wonder what everyone else's dick would look like on me. But every white guy in there, that old man's like, you watching the game tonight? It was everything he could do to not say, what do my dick would look like on your body? <laughs> High five, well, soul brother. <laughs> let me see that thing. I got your soul brother next to you. Don't do that anymore, sir. Excuse me, Holmes? Yeah, he was in his 60s, and he's like, can I get you a drink? He's like, all right, reparations don't have to happen like this fast. Settle down, old man. I know you've said some terrible stuff in your life, but you're not going to make good today. But he's my soul man. No, he's not. He's just a guy here <laughs> like you. Trying to enjoy a steak salad. What's worse, that guy or a guy like Brady who tries to assimilate with the guy right away? Oh, that was that guy. That was the oh, same yeah. guy? So I, our coach, uh, my team over there, I said, like, where'd you go to school? You probably went to a good school. Do you know the handshake? Yeah. Uh, Seton Hall. Oh, that's a good school. Now, my school, we lost our point guard early this year, and he's just talking basketball. I'm like, you don't realize how bad this actually is. Can I get you a plate of something? Anything you want? I know the, uh, I know the folks who work here. I do too, man. We're good. So anyway, you play some round ball? Yeah, uh, we've established that. <laughs> Who do you play for now? I'm retired. It was just, it was complete white man whatever it was. But in, in his head, he's thinking, God, I wonder what his dick looked like on my body. Because <laughs> that's what we do. That's all I thought about. And evidently, that's not what women think about. But you know they do. Oh, yeah. Because I'm, you know, Megan's like, that's stupid. Nobody thinks that but you. I'm like, I think we all do it. I think I think you do it. I think if I showed up and said, guess what? Mark Bryant and I swapped dicks today. Let me see it. Like the five, she wouldn't be going, now get your dick back in here. She wouldn't be like screaming to get my stupid average off the shelf dick back in the house. You go get your dick. I don't like this new one. You, you, yes, you do. Cody says a uh, I miss little Daniel. I miss the tiny guy. <laughs> Speak, he's going to try to cook his dinner like Ratatouille. Speaking for Brady and myself as short guys, we would hang ourselves, but we're too low to the floor and too yeah. goddamn short. <laughs> yeah. Be like the worst pinata ever. It's the hip, <laughs> like us normal Ow. people walk in Ow. and it's like, why is this thing at my hips? They hung himself at hip level. Yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm six feet barely. And it's a. Uh, it's not enough. You see a real grown up. Like Brett's got good. Like you got the, you're six, two, three, three, something six, like three, that. Yeah. That's fine. Just missed. I just missed having normal size. John, my girlfriend says size doesn't matter to me also, but every time she watches Pornhub, guess what section she's in? Oh, yeah. Massive ones. Yeah. (laughs) You know what section she's in? That's pretty cool. Good relationship. You're just looking over her shoulder? (laughs) Or are you just going through her history? Yeah, nobody's going through. uh, Well, that's the same thing as we say, like fantasies. Nobody goes through and says wife porn. Can't wait to see what my wife's up to. I want to find something that looks exactly like her. And she's right there. Your fantasy is the opposite. It's like, I want to grow with a bone in her nose. I don't want any, like <laughs> literally a bone in her nose, not a porn bone in her nose. Uh, black.com is fascinating to me because I'm like, I don't even know how that's humanly possible. I've seen childbirth go better than some of these things. We don't watch that to see ourselves. Blech. That's what those fat models think. I want to be represented in the. No, I don't. I don't want this represented. This is already represented by me, and it's not that impressive. I want something good to represent me. I want a professional. Anyway, go get a Mark Bryan. I hope you get a ring for that thing. You deserve it. Get yourself a championship ring. Put it over that gigantic hand. And if had I just said, I wonder what his hands would look like on my body, would have been laughs. Ha 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 ha. 
But the penis thing, which is the, the me and that old man were thinking the same deal. And then his wife came in and she was lovely. They were nice. And that old man shut up at that point because it's like, probably can't talk hoops. Can't talk round ball with the old fella now. <laughs> you mind oh. if I dance with your wife? <laughs> you don't realize how bigoted it is when an old white man with gray hair sees a big black guy and starts talking basketball immediately. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's just terrible. And he just happened to nail it, Mark Bryant. I mean, you know, your odds are pretty good that a guy 6'9", built like Mark Bryant, looks like Mark Bryant, is going to want to talk hoops with you too. But don't bring it up. Let him do it. It's like whipping your dick out on a plane. Somebody has to ask for it first. Sherrod. <laughs> How you doing? My name's Antonio Sherrod McGarity. I have a black guy's name, and I have a black guy's penis. I'm going to show it to you right now, stranger. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> but he admitted it. I would have denied it. I never took my pants off. That's ridiculous. What's wrong Crazy. with her? She's an insane person. The feds asked him. Did you do that? Hell yeah, I did that. I pull it out all the time. <laughs> that, that means he's got to be built. He's got to be built. I mean, just, because you want to see it, guys? Other than that, he'd be like, come on, look at me. You think Why I'm going to this thing out? Yeah. He probably was like, you mean this? You mean this gigantic, <laughs> this This is what she's complaining about? I've never gotten any complaints from other women. <laughs> be like Nick the Dick and Bachelor yeah. Party. All right. Slap it out. Put that back, Antonio Sherrod McGarity. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Antonio Sherrod McGarity, because... It's like, damn! <laughs> damn! Why were you complaining, lady? <laughs> this is a gold mine. Warning. By the way, no woman wants you uh, if you're flying on Southwest Airlines. <laughs> yeah, you're not jet set. You're not CEO. I'm an influencer. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're influencing me to fly something else. No, you're just, you're, you're going Turkish for... Turkish Airlines or Dubai Airlines, yeah. maybe. Maybe. Low fare. Yeah. You're going for the cheapest fare. <laughs> Nobody wants to see your dick. Just get on the plane, shut up, and get to your destination. Eat your peanuts, have your one soda, and go. Or just know that the dick you're going to see is low-fare dick. <laughs> it's a low-fare penis. <laughs> you have low-fare. Especially if you're close enough to sit by somebody. That means you're in the middle <laughs> seat. Yeah. So you're probably, that might have been hey, the majority section. He's like, I haven't, <laughs> haven't done Southwest. Maybe I'll Group give that C. a try. He's been, it's been frowned upon so much in first class that he decided to, to slum it. I'm going to go back to one of those uh, bargain airlines and show my dick to people. I'm going to get on a Greyhound. That's where people really will appreciate my genitals. His slump buster. Yeah. Everybody on Greyhound's like, oh, we're doing that? Everybody's pants are come off. I didn't know it was time for dicks out. Are we singing a song? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You're free to bait. <laughs> you are free to move your dick about the cabin. Yeah, oh, thank God. I hate these pants. Don't you hate pants? Please pull your pants up. Mr. McGarity. Sherrod. Call me Sherrod. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's my dick's name, Sherrod. Anyway, good luck with all that. And if you are a guy who whips out in 2022, expect federal authorities to be waiting for you at whatever egress that uh, you're going to have to walk through. Look what I pick up at Pike's Market. <laughs> yeah. Pike's Place. I got Seattle. I got, they, they couldn't throw this fish too heavy. <laughs> all right. And he probably started that, like, right at takeoff. I'm going to tell you. He had to have. Do you mind if I give it a couple of tugs? Yeah, I do. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I need a nap. Don't wake me unless my dick's out again. His head's (laughs) leaning on her shoulder. This is horrible. (laughs) She kept her cool, though. I I hope you don't mind. Are we there yet? Dick needs to breathe. I'm going to pull that out again. 
Antonio Sherrod McGarity, now in the annals of morning sickness history, along with Paul Menchaca Jr., Nathan Sutherland. Four timer. Local heroes, we call them. Here's our local heroes section. That's right. We'll have Yetta Gibson from Channel 3 do our local heroes. They'll go out and give them a plaque and a flag. You were morning sickness local hero. Never forget the name, Antonio Sherrod McGarity. Very sleepy. This air, airline travel makes me very tired. So what I'm going to do now is take my pants off. And just... Oh, by the way, don't tell on me, please. I'm telling. She kept it together. How come they never give In her In between name? naps, she yeah. went up to complain. Yeah. That's when she went yeah. up. He took a nap. She's like, all right, he's going to be out for a minute before his dick comes out again. What are we, uh, we over Bakersfield or something? That's a good time to whip the old dick out, I think. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. And then I'm going to try to catch more shut-eye between Blythe and Phoenix. If you don't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully this is the big one. And they, you know, handled it. But I got to hand it to that hero, too. She's not a Seattle person. She was a Phoenix person. Somebody from Seattle would have lost their minds. Some wacky lib would have lost her cork from guy whipping his dick out the whole time. And he's also a Republican. Oh! Pull it out. Put it back. So you got to pay a little extra. There's People always say that, oh, you're all bougie. You won't fly coach. And I'm like, you hear what happens back there in coach? You never hear in for, uh, the only time first class went haywire was nine eleven and and that's a that was a one off understandable yeah I mean that was a one off nobody expected first class to attack New York or the Pentagon nobody expected that everybody said oh it was coach and there were a couple of them in coach the first class guys went in and flew the plane the coach guys were the ones slicing everybody up I was on that flight back from Tampa the last time I will fly coach ever watching a man spit loogies in a Wide open Dasani bottle. It filled it about a little more than 50%. Uh. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy in front of me was about seven feet tall and had a open zit on the back of his neck oh, that he'd that keep happening. reaching back and squeezing and then like oozing pus out of, and then he'd wipe it with his hand. The lady directly across in front of me was eating trail mix off of the Tray. The tray, oh. licking her finger and picking up all the dust like Brady does Cheetos off the counter here. Getting the, getting the Cheetle. Getting all the Cheetle. Why didn't you fake a heart attack? That, how did you manage? It got worse. <laughs> Turn this no. plane around. I turned to Megan and I said, uh, the lady in front of uh, you is currently eating trail mix with her finger and then licking it and then going back. And I'm like, this whole thing needs to be disinfected. And, and by the way, Megan, the guy next to you sleeping is hard as a rock in his sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> she looked, this dude's, it was, it full was a look out. <laughs> look out now. He <laughs> had a full, it wasn't impressive. Oh, it was okay. just pitching a tent and a pair of sweatpants. And we just started laughing. I'm like, that's it. Never again will I fly with them. The zit, the trail mix, the dick. <laughs> I don't want to be on this plane. Let alone Dasani bottle half full guy. <laughs> <laughs> Launching them into the Dasani bottle and holding the bottle, just hanging on to it. That's it. I'll pay the extra. That's why I fly JSX. They would throw you out of that thing if you started Mid, that. Mid-air. Mid-air. <laughs> like, you are getting off this plane, sir. What? I got allergies. I don't care. You're going to be flying yourself to Vegas in a second because you're about to take flight alone. Horrible. 
But you pay a little extra and you tend to have people that aren't going to spit into Sani bottles and ask you how your day was with their pants off. Yeah, nobody wants to see your dick. You fly Southwest Airlines. Perfectly reasonable air carrier, but nobody on it is uh, got a. Nobody on there is the Tinder swindler. It's he not never the airline. Yeah, the Tinder, yeah. the Tinder swindler never said, "Hey, join me on Southwest in the center seat, and we'll head on over to Dallas Love Field, and then uh, we'll, we're jet set." It's I'm not Group that. A. Yeah, I'm Group <laughs> A. You're C. I'm sorry, you got here a little late, but I'm going to get on. I'll save you a middle. That is not happening. Tinder swindler would have been O for everybody had he not had. The private jet or anything. If he had Southwest tickets from Rockford to Nashville and then a couple of stops before you get to Atlanta, that girl would have been like, I'm not going with you. You want to see my dick? No, you fly coach. It's a fact. John, I once saw someone give birth on a Greyhound bus. No, before you say it, I wasn't a passenger. I was fixing the damn thing and she was giving birth. You're a mechanic? The bus broke down, and a and lady gave birth. Can anyone work on buses? Any <laughs> passengers know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might be the worst travel story I've ever heard. I think I'd walk the rest of the way if I was on that one. <laughs> Sorry, folks. The bus seems to have just shut down operations completely, and uh, the lady in the third row has gone into labor. That'll happen on Greyhound. If you exit, we're in beautiful downtown Midland. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for traveling on Greyhound, and uh, always remember, leave the midwifing to us. <laughs> I bet you there's been a ton of bus babies. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh not only born, created. Get out of town. Yeah. That move works oh. on a Greyhound. You whip your dork out on a Greyhound, that lady's giving you a fish Is that sandwich. that their slogan? Get <laughs> yeah. out of town? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was on a Greyhound once just to help my grandparents load the uh, their bags. And got on to see it, my, because they, my grandpa was an airline, is it World War II plane mechanic, and wouldn't fly because he saw how they fixed them. I'll never get on one of those. I'm like, why? He goes, gum and string, man. That's how those things keep in the air. And I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. So he would greyhound himself and my grandma back and forth. I got on once, and a lady looked and she tapped me on the shoulder. She goes, Psst. I'm like, what's going on? Psst. Take a look at this. And she had her vagina out in her hands in a tube. <laughs> What? Yeah, it was like a penis. With so much of it, she could grip it with both hands. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. It didn't happen. I married her. Hello, Arby's. <laughs> Greyhounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, ma'am, you dropped your Arby's. <laughs> your big Montana is all over the seat. <laughs> I just took my pants off because that's what we do oh, when we travel. Oh, Lord, oh. my beef and cheddar. <laughs> oh, you Lord. have the meats. That has extra cheese on it, the big Montana. Is that a rye bun? No, those are warts. <laughs> yeah, oh. women whip out on Greyhound and hold it in the air. Look at it, <laughs> and then you're like, "What did she just do?" And I'm like, "Son, I think that girl just gave you a gift." Holy cow! Make the song any worse. It's for when the lady whips out her six-inch vagina on the Greyhound. Look at that catcher's mitt. <laughs> It's one of them old-timey ones with all five fingers. <laughs> that looks like uh, Joe DiMaggio's center field glove. <laughs> so he signed it. Five fingers. You need two hands to catch with that. <laughs> yeah, it's autographed on what would be the thumb area. <laughs> Who is that on there? Catfish hunter. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> How about that? Sometimes when I'm... Fully percolated. <laughs> I can get three hands on. 
A little league in my neighborhood, the kids use it to see who bats first. <laughs> if you can't handle it, ugh, they ask you to get off the bus. <laughs> there are people in their cars doing what we just did. Right? Yep. <laughs> I got it. I got it. We're first. I got the nub. I'm over the nub. It works over. Cheater. Whatever. Stuff it back in there like a NASCAR parachute. The NHRA funny car. You got to pack it back in. She has to have a team like Ron Caps to get her prolapse back together at the end of a race, you know? <laughs> they put that thing back into its socket. Pack the chute. Pack that chute. Oh, man. Because <laughs> her blast bucket blew out last night. Thanks a lot, Antonio Sherrod. That was a hell of a trip. Women, you need to start doing that. That's enough. Whipping out and like Whip it out. Yeah, oh. whip it out. You know how unbelievably sick we would get if women were like, ugh. And you just more gripped it and looked at us. We would lo- I'd yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. I and mean, the problem is some dudes would go for it. Yes. In an effort that's to, why they're yeah. whipping it out. That's why we do it. We, but we think that works. When yeah. has it ever worked? And you'll get a liar that'll email me. I whipped mine out and the chick got right on. No, it's never happened. It's right. never been a thing where you, that has never worked. Has too. That has never worked. Ever. Of a whip out and score. <laughs> it's just never worked. This lady's attractive. I'll be right back. Uh, uh, here you go. Oh, God. It's not happening. It's not a thing. You mind if I uh, ask you a question? Sure. Can, uh, well, let me if I can do it to some. Would you like to? Show me your face. Why, of course. I'd love to show you my genitals. Stranger? Doesn't happen. McGarrity walks on the plane. They're like, what's with the trench coat? You'll see. <laughs> You're going to see in a minute. <laughs> Can't get pants around it. Anyway, boobs are a thing. Like if you whipped your boobs out, showed me a boob, I'm intimidated by it. Any girl that's willing to do that, I assume has something incurable attached to them. If I see your boobs too soon, like uh, something wrong with you. At this age, because... Oh, the, my God, at this 20s, age, I don't want to see it. <laughs> like you said, it's the new age of sexuality. They're flashing yeah, everywhere. Usually a 50-year-old woman breaks her <laughs> cans out. It's an accident or a mammogram. <laughs> you don't want to show those to anybody. Or they're brand new. Good God. But, yeah, that's... Uh, on a plane, if you just whipped your vaginas out, I think most guys would cower. You like what you see? I guess. I no, not really. Kind of out of context, it's ugly. <laughs> yeah, this thing's horrible. And then she takes that light above her head and aims it right at it. <laughs> Spotlight. Oh, God. I'm never going to eat a tomato again. <laughs> I think my favorite noise in the world is Brett's disdain. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Sounds like a proctologist just walked in the room. Uh, what do you got on the big board of musical treats today? I don't even know. <laughs> Not even, I can't read. Yeah. Uh, the Wake Up Song brought to you guys by Action Ride Shop. Weather's great. This, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be hitting the trails, I think, tomorrow with Josh. We're gonna, oh, really? Yeah, we're going to head Which out there. Which trail? Uh, I think we might go out to uh, Haas. I'm not sure yet. We haven't, hey, we haven't figured it out yet. Last week. But uh, if you got that bike sitting in the garage that uh, hasn't been used since last year, well, bring it on into Action Ride Shop. They service all types and styles, whatever you got. They got the best wrenches in town. Or if you just need to pick up a new bike and replace that old clunker in the garage, whip out with Josh tomorrow. Let's see no, what he does. Just pull it out. Josh, got to let this bad boy breathe for a second. <laughs> I learned this from a man named Antonio Sherrod McGarrity. <laughs> I'm doing the old ASM, I call it. 
That's actually a thing. ASM? Yeah. What is ASM? Uh, something. I forgot. It's a real thing, though. i got to look it up. It's off the Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay. Because I've seen it on porn sites. This woman goes ASM. No. No, I better not say that. We'll figure it out later. Uh, anyway, so check them out at actionrightshop.com. Uh, Alice in Chains obviously making, uh, making the oh, list yeah. since it's uh, Lane's Day. Love, Hate, Love, We Die Young. Uh, I think there was another one on here. Oh, Head Creeps, Queen Ooh. of the Rodeo, uh, Nirvana, School, Polly, and then, of course, a bunch of songs for, um, uh, you know, Rat Back for More, Ghost Rats, uh, Misfits, Rat Fink, uh, Clutch did some rat song. There's a mouse in the house. Pantera, Rides Against on there. We have to do We Die Young. All right. Mouse and Chains for both Lane and Kurt. 28 years of Kurt Cobain being gone. Uh, now eclipsing his 27 years of life. And was Lane Lane was in his 30s by the time he passed, right? Had to be. I think so. Had to be. Because he, he was, was 20 like something in 89. Yeah, or something, he was in the things. Because that weird 27 year old rock and roll death thing. Yeah, he died at 34. Yeah, Joplin and Jimmy and uh, Kurt were all 27. And I think uh, Jim Morrison too, but I don't count him as anything good other than that last day. <laughs> that's, when I, that's when I became a Morrison fan. Oh, good. He can stop. Writing all that terrible beat poetry. Single most overrated since had he not died, I think this. I think true of Kurt Cobain too. Not to speak ill of the dead, but he's been dead longer than he was alive. I think Kurt Cobain falls into the category of uh, legend because he died. Nirvana was no question a sensation that came along and absolutely blew the doors off of music because music was in such a sorry state of affairs when they came out. And everybody was ready for a little bit more reality and some some basement truth, you know. None of this glam crap that was anger. just awful. And it wasn't even anger. Everybody always calls it angry. It was disappointment. Okay. I, I never looked at grunge as angry. I looked at it as just a general disappointment in all that surrounded. It's my generation. I was the same age. It was just this weird kind of like we're at the time you have to remember constantly being reminded you're not going to make it. Constantly at age, I thought it was more like, um, in a way, too depressing. It was depressing because it was a depressed time. If you think back to 1988, 90, 92 area, you're you're younger than me, Brett. Every school, everything on TV, you're not going to do as well as your parents. First generation that's going to fail. We were the slackers. Mm -hmm. We couldn't get it together. You guys are nothing. You're losers. It wasn't the millennials where we were entitled. We were constantly told, you're never going to make it. Yeah, you're just true. not going to make You're going to make less. And now, and in 1992, was when the Clintons came on TV and said, there won't be a future without a two-income household. Unless you're incredibly lucky, everybody's got to work, which means everybody's got to go to school and everybody's got to pay for Good school. Good news. Yeah. It, you all get money to go to school. Right. And, then, and now look how that's worked out. Yeah. But it was just this big, giant disappointment. I never looked at grunge music as like, oh, everybody's angry. We were, it, was a, it was a group of just it was literally a f*** this kind of attitude. I mean, we're not angry. Everybody wants to call it angry. It wasn't anger. It was just disappointment. Every time you looked around, you saw another thing. It was like, really? This is how things are? Now, it turned out to be you know, easy to copy. And then turned into just kind of crap. But that was Nirvana to me. Nirvana was that just kind of grabbed hold of that general malaise that every 19-year-old at the time had. And it caught on. It was huge. Pearl Jam came on just happened to be super talented with that great album, 10. 
But Alice in Chains was there to be the ones that were like, it's rock and roll still. Soundgarden, too. But they, Seattle Sound, was based completely on the idea that that was the first heroin epidemic that went wild. Yeah. All those guys yeah. were singing about was their friends dying in the gloomiest place in America. I mean, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Mother Love Bone, all of them came out with that same thing because every bit of that city was just, at least from their perspective, just drowning in heroin. Everyone knew somebody who died or was on heroin. And that's, to me, what, it, what the grunge thing was all about. Yeah, it was depressing, but it was great, and it was perfect for the time. I think Kurt Cobain dying helped his legacy. I don't think he had a ton in the chamber to keep that going without being sort of a novelty on his own. Six, seven years after, had he not died and rolled into his 30s, I don't think Nirvana would have been. I think they would have destroyed their own legacy. Same with The Doors. I think Jim Morrison keeps going, and you're like, ugh, this guy's just flat annoying. And it would have diminished all the early accomplishments. So you think after In Utero, they would have been I think In Utero Utero is a very average album. Even at the time when he was alive, you're like, this is uh, a step down, a couple of cool ones. But for the most part, that thing kind of was a drop-off. Because when they put Incesticide out, that was kind of like, ugh. Everybody was like, this is done. Yeah. Yeah. And they almost Don't killed think they as fast as they brought it up. Uh, no. I think, I think, well, inevitably, I think Kurt had to die. Well, he was on that path. If he was alive, I think that band would fit the formula for, all right, right. we did our run, now we're, we're breaking up. In order for Cobain to live, he would have had to have somehow found hope. And hope would have destroyed everything we liked about him. Isn't that weird? Like, had that guy go, well, you know what, I'm going to live. And, and he would have had to become hopeful and and cleaned up a little bit. He didn't have that would natural. Would have been his song on Armageddon. The movie. <laughs> yeah, he'd have probably <laughs> done something for Michael Bay. Yeah. And we'd have been like, what happened to these guys? And they'd have just become They've another gone corporate, man. run-of-the-mill thing. Uh, I think Jim Morrison and Kurt Cobain both benefited from early death. I think their legend sure. is much bigger because they died uh, than because everybody's like, oh, what what would we have gotten? I don't think you would have wanted to heard it because that you hear genius well, thrown around a yeah, lot. A couple just, of well, it was just timely. That's it. But Alice in Chains to me was one that I think Lane had he just been able to survive heroin. But again, he was on that path too, and all his songs, all his songs that he wrote, are about dying. Jerry Cantrell's right behind him, right in the other one. So, so it was all about this just general disdain for the human experience. And you can take it or leave it as it is, but We Die Young's a great song. But yeah, I don't know. Are there any others? Any, any Like Janis Joplin, to me, was incredibly average, maybe even bad. I didn't get the Janis I thing. didn't either, but people that loved her loved her, and it was because she died. Had she stuck around, you'd have gotten so tired of Janis Joplin screaming at you shouting every lyric she was horrible because didn't those but big songs wanted- come out right as she died or at, after she died like yeah. bobby mcgee and all that stuff yeah and- that was right when she was like th- those songs were huge and then she was dead her band just yeah. totally went away <laughs> yeah well she was just again timely had she stuck around Ugh. Blech. that shouty voice of hers i never liked janice joplin but there are plenty of bands who benefited from it. kurt cobain's one Allison Chains hung around. They did their thing. And then uh, the heroin just pushed Lane off. 20 years ago today, if you can believe it. Uh, Allison Chains. This is such a great song. It's ridiculous, though. Uh, sad, depressing, angry, whatever you want to call it. This thing still kicks ass. And it's for both Kurt and, uh, 
and Lane. Arizona's most powerful rock radio station. He said fully erect. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.